Welcome to Educated Messes, a podcast to help you sift through the bullshit around work, well-being, and relationships. We'll ask questions, seek answers, and share experiences to help you navigate the messier parts of life. Because trial and error is a lot easier when we do it for you. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kyla, and today we're talking about why it's so hard to try new things. We are. And before we jump into that, there are a couple things we wanted to talk about. Um, for, first and foremost, we did originally record our first episode a couple months ago. And after listening back to it, um, we were it was our first time recording anything. <laughs> and we just wanted to try again uh, in a place where we felt a little bit more aware of how we wanted things to come across and... Also, it was really long. And it was like two hours long. It was too long. And just for the record, I edited it twice, so I probably spent like six hours. And at the end of the day, we just wanted to start. <laughs> so here we are. So that being said, the one thing that that did grant us the ability to do is to address what's happening right now, because in our original episode, it was back in, I want to say like March. So it was quite a while ago. So um, right now we are still in the midst of being sort of staying at home because of the coronavirus. So that's something that's definitely like top of mind for a lot of people. And this past week, um, George Floyd was murdered and that has been a catalyst to obviously, if you're paying attention, a massive movement um, across all of North America, so uh, Canada included, where we live, and it has been super eye-opening. We're two young white females who grew up in a very, very sheltered and white town, and it's been a very eye-opening is the word I'm going to use. I am feeling lots of thoughts about it all and we just want to address it because it yeah it doesn't feel right to create anything without addressing that because it's so first of all front of mind and important to recognize so yeah recognizing that um, before we even begin that is on our minds and I think I don't know I'm not feeling super peppy but I think that it feels like a good time to be talking about things yeah and additionally, what we want to do is we're in, obviously in the very beginning stages of this entire experience, but we do want to have guests on our podcast at some point, and we definitely are committing to making sure that it's a diverse group of individuals that we do interview if we ever get so lucky so as to do that. And additionally, we will for sure be committing to offering up things like free ad space to uh, black businesses and black creators. Won't make much money Yeah, yes. right now. <laughs> as soon as we can offer that, we absolutely will. So we don't have much to offer right now other than to acknowledge it and to promise that it will remain top of mind to us. And yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to share is... <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of emotions. Um, The other thing I wanted to share is on our Instagram, if you're following us there, we did um, mute ourselves for this past week in order to amplify melanated voices, which was a um, 
something that was happening on Instagram that was started by two black Instagram creators um, as a way to showcase a lot of black voices that aren't getting the airtime and attention that they truly deserve. And for us here at Educated Messes, we're taking up space in the podcast realm. And it's really important to us that we are listening to podcasts from lots of different people and um some of the ones we've been listening to lately that we've been sharing on our Instagram as well, but that I wanted to mention because I hope that you'll go subscribe and listen along are NPR Code Switch, which is a pretty famous podcast. Um, I've been listening to it a lot this week. It's super interesting um, and definitely worth a listen. And you can go back and listen to their episodes on so many different important topics. And then the other one I've been loving lately is the Mumgri podcast, which if you've had Mumgri peanut butter, it is <laughs> so, so good. <laughs> and they also have a podcast and um, she's from Vancouver and she's a black mom in Vancouver and she has an incredible podcast and they talk about all kinds of things from like parenting to um, peanut butter. <laughs> I actually don't think they talk about peanut butter that much from Darn. what I've heard, but they have some super amazing episodes um, and I highly, highly recommend you take a listen and we're, we'll continue to highlight podcasts by black creators, both in our podcast and on our Instagram as yeah. well. And we'll, we'll link everything that we're talking about in um, our like show notes. So you can find those at educatedmessages.com. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, The other thing right before we get started, I just want to say is thank you so much for everyone who listened to our little intro episode and who followed, like started to follow us on Instagram. Sweet messages. So sweet. And the cutest people messaging me. And I'm just so grateful. It's, It's really, really fun for us to work on this. And it's really cool to see it be like something that other folks are excited about so we hope you'll continue to enjoy it and yeah I just wanted to say thank you yeah it makes it a little less scary to try a new thing (laughs) what a segue (laughs) segue into um yeah let's let's do this take two um I'm definitely feeling the like try new thing nerves still yeah me too um I feel like normally when we record, they kind of like ease as we get in, but it's always like hard to start. So (laughs) we just did like a little jumping jack dance moment to try to shake it out because it's, I don't know, it gets super nerve wracking like right before we start. Like I'm just talking to you. I know. And we can always start again. It's so funny. (laughs) That's so true. Um, So why don't you, so Kels um, has take, take. (laughs) (laughs) Did we mention we're nervous? (laughs) So Kels took some notes on the last podcast we had recorded. Um, so I think if you want to start with, I don't know, whatever you found interesting. I feel like I listened to it so many times so yet I have no idea what we <laughs> talked about. So Okay. So yeah, I listened back to our episode a couple of times because there were some good takeaways and we talk about a couple different things. And it kind of felt like past us were giving us advice. So that was great. No regrets. It was actually quite funny to listen to back, like right when we were launching to be like, oh, you're talking to you right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, why is it so hard to try new things? I mean, at its very base, I feel like we as human beings really do love certainty. I think like Mm -hmm. people love it to different degrees, but 
a lot of us really enjoy like that safety and that sense of certainty about like what's ahead and trying new things is sort of you venturing into the unknown and that can be very nerve-wracking yeah that's something I actually talk (laughs) with my therapist about a lot is I definitely have anxiety and for a lot of reasons but um the basis of anxiety is uncertainty it's the fear of uncertainty so I think like especially during coronavirus like that's why this is coming up for a lot of people is that it's just it's completely uncertain well totally and you can't plan anything because we're just sort of waiting to see what happens and that can feel really uncomfortable both from like a certainty perspective and from a lack of control like you aren't in control and you just kind of have to go along with it and at times that can be really difficult yeah I don't think anyone wanted to try coronavirus but no here we are (laughs) yeah no kidding um yeah I think as humans we kind of get into like an autopilot mode a lot of the time like we have certain habits and routines and we stick to those pretty often and so anytime we venture outside of that it can be really scary and I think for Kyla and I, when we originally started talking about this, it's like, where do these ideas come from? Like, why, why is it scary? Why as humans, is it not more exciting than it is nerve wracking? Yeah. What are we scared of? Yeah. A lot of things. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) I think what Kyla and I came to realize is that a lot of this can stem from like your academia or like where you went to school and things like that. Um, For example, Kyle and I both attended a high school where the school's motto was failure is not an option. And that was like painted on the wall. It's so crazy. What a message to send to a bunch of children. Yeah, young. (laughs) I mean, it was like grade eight to 12 like that. You're 12 years old at the beginning of that. And just how... I think it's in, it's one of those things that's intention versus impact. Like, I'm sure the intention is better than it sounds. Yeah. The impact of it, though, to hear that day in and day out is like, okay, it's not an option to fail and therefore don't take risks yeah. because that you have a more you have a greater likelihood of failing if you're taking Absolutely. a risk. Absolutely. Why would you ever try anything new if you're going to be punished for doing totally. it wrong? Yeah. And so... I mean, that's a unique example for us, but I think a similar type of experience is probably pretty universal where it can be really scary to speak up in class. It can be scary to get a wrong answer. It can be nerve wracking to do something wrong in front of your peers. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about everyone else, but in high school, I felt like everyone was extremely critical. Oh my God, absolutely. (laughs) And I'm sure I was part of that problem as well. And so it sort of fosters this sense of like fear around taking a risk and putting yourself out there because it it feels just very, very scary. Yeah, it's like, what do they say? Like jumping in with the sharks. <laughs> I don't think they say that. I don't think they say that, but they like should. Like dive, head, dive in head first. Sure, something. whatever. And there's sharks there too. <laughs> but it's like if you're in this environment where you know everyone is critical and, and you're a part of that at times. It's like, oh, I know how we are yeah. to other people. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty hard to venture outside of that. Totally. I think another thing um, in the academic world is the concept of grading mm-hmm. and that there is a right way and a wrong way to do something. Mm-hmm. And if you're wrong, then like you're punished. Yeah. Which is like 
yeah, why would anyone ever want to do that? That's like that quote around teaching the fish how to climb the tree. I We're going to have to fact check these quotes because... No, okay. The quote is... Um, <laughs> if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll spend its, its a, whole life thinking... Like, it's, it's a bad fish. <laughs> it's a bad fish. <laughs> That is so not the quote. Einstein said that, I think. It will think it's a bad fish. It will be a sad fish. Sad, bad fish. Yeah, I heard, I've heard Honestly, that Honestly, I feel like we really nailed the takeaway <laughs> message. I have that as like a decal on my wall. Don't make the fish feel sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sentiment, though. Yeah, we're, <laughs> you, you get it. There are different types of intelligence. And there are only certain ones that seem to be valued. Mm -hmm. The way we learn how to do things and what things we like is by trial and error. Educated masses plug. (laughs) And so I think it's really important to be able to try and err safely in an environment that fosters a kind of uh, experience where you do it and it feels like still, I'm sure it would still feel nerve wracking, but you could get positive feedback yeah. and things Growth. that would help you understand. Yeah. Totally. And you could grow from it. I know. I know. That's so true. Like think of how much you learn when you fail, like air quotes, because I think we have talked a lot about what, like what does failure you know, even what does mean? mean? Yeah. Because, um, when you think about it, like how, how many people can you think of who have failed? Like, I think we talked about, so last year, I call it my big failure of 2019, where basically like, that's a the, big title I know it's a big title it. at the time I did feel this way. Now I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but I basically just like, didn't get a job that I thought I was going to get. And I worked really, really hard um, at it and I didn't get it. And then I remember sitting there and I was like, I failed like, and I'm fine. And I, from that experience learned so much and like ended up getting a way better job that I absolutely love. But the whole time I remember even like applying for places and I was nervous cause I was like, Oh, I'm putting myself out there to be rejected. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, it was fine mm-hmm. at the end of it. Like there's so much fear in the anticipation yeah. that the actual event isn't even that bad usually. Absolutely. And it's also so subjective. Like, I think that's when Kyla and and I were talking about, like, what does it even mean to fail? It's like Kyla's idea of failure looks different than mine. And also her failures seem bigger to her than if I'm looking at her. I don't think they seem that bad. Right. So it's like it's so subjective and and we're so self-critical on these things that we might walk away from something and give it a literal title called like the great failure <laughs> of 2019, which feels extreme. <laughs> yes, but that's me. <laughs> and others might just go like, hey, you were applying for jobs and, and you put yourself out there and that was courageous. And there was a reason why it didn't work out yeah, because I failed. <laughs> actually though the takeaway message the first time you said that to me when I was like this was my failure and you were like oh yeah I would have never thought that was because like you weren't qualified or anything like that and since you said that to me I I actually think about it a lot because it really helps that's so cute (laughs) like when I'm thinking of putting myself out there or like doing something that I think is scary I always think of like someone else who who even is paying attention to me. Like a lot of people aren't even paying attention, which is a huge thing. But 
someone who knows me and it was paying attention did not think it was a big deal. So it kind of like gave me a bit of perspective where I was like, oh, like this isn't how people are thinking. And like, if they are, then like, who cares? I don't want them in my life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's really cute. I'm I know so it helps. Glad. That's what I mean when I was like giving advice to ourselves. I was like, cute. oh, it's true. <laughs> um, the one thing I would say is super relevant there is I also feel like when we go and try new try these new things like applying for a job or maybe you're up for a promotion or something like that or even like maybe you're dating someone new and you like really want it to work out. I think there's this tendency to play things down mm-hmm. so that we are going to minimize what we pres- like presume to be future embarrassment. So oh. like oh, it's not a big deal. I don't really care if it works out, da 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 Right. Is so that if it doesn't, then I can just go like, oh yeah, didn't really care anyways. Yeah. But what my gal pal Brene Brown always talks <laughs> about is like you can't selectively mute certain, f- certain feelings mm-hmm. or minimize certain feelings and not minimize all of them. Yeah. So like if you're going to minimize like the fear and the anticipation and the excitement around this thing that you're trying, if you minimize that, you also minimize the joy of if it works out. And so yeah. you're just robbing yourself of an experience where you can go like, I was so excited about this. Yeah. And it happened and oh my God, like it feels so good. Oh my God, I got goosebumps. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's all Brene. And I think the opposite happens too. Like if you try something and it doesn't work out, like there's value in feeling your big Mm -hmm. feels about it not working out. That's okay too. Totally. Me and Kyla joked a lot about how when we first started talking about this podcast, which was many, many moons ago. (laughs) It feels like a different world. (laughs) (laughs) We obviously had lots of nerves and and still do as we said at the beginning of this and there was one time where we sat down we'd been working on it for like quite some time and I turned to Kyla and I was like have you like (laughs) have you told anyone about this like who who knows and she was like uh no not really and I was like I haven't either and it was like why have we gone like a couple months working on this thing that that we're excited about lights us up yeah yeah and why are we not letting anyone else in to it? What are we afraid of? I know. That's and I, so true. you build something up, like some great reaction that never happened when we did finally tell people about it. They're just like, cool. Yeah. Like <laughs> they don't, I mean, they, they think it's great. They don't have a big, like there's no big hoopla one way or the <laughs> other. And so it was just such an interesting like case study into mm-hmm. why trying things is hard where we just sat there and went like, why are we keeping this a secret? Yeah. Like, what are we afraid of? Here? I'm almost happy that like we're re-recording this after launching the intro episode mm. because before it was still mostly fear, I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And you saying that makes me realize that that's what I've done my entire life when it comes to things that are creative, especially mm-hmm. is like, I'll make sure that I... I'm doing it and like I am doing it in a way that I like like I'll make sure that I'm releasing something that in my eyes is as close to perfect as possible which like it's debilitating at times like there's that um saying don't let perfection be the enemy of the good mm-hmm. and that's something I have to remind myself of so often is like you can try something and not be good at it and that's okay period like that's yeah. it that's the end of the story Yeah. And I think it's so fair. Like I'm someone who struggles so much with trying to be perfect and and struggling with perfectionism. And it's so self-destructive because it's this pursuit of like, if I'm perfect, then I'm going to minimize 
like shitty feelings. Like if I'm perfect, then I won't have to worry about like judgment or shame because I'm, I would then be perfect. When in the process, we're judging and shaming ourselves the whole way. (laughs) Like it's so, this is something I've been thinking about a lot is how we cause a lot of our own suffering by doing exactly that, like resisting bad feelings and worrying about what might happen and like worrying about like I find myself sometimes being anxious about the fact that I might get anxious which is like yeah we're working on it but (laughs) no I I, yeah but it's crazy it's like something that it just it snowballs and it's like okay what if I just was curious and like saw what happened accepted reality on realities I just I love that quote (laughs) oh my god it was uh, spoke to me yeah (laughs) but it's like Another quote. Oh my God, we're really killing it with the quotes today. But (laughs) what if it doesn't work out? But what if it does? Yeah. You know, I have a lot of little like mantras I'm I'm realizing (laughs) is that I just like pump myself up throughout the day. That's a good thing. Let's go. (laughs) I think even just to bring it back to like what's happening in our world today, Mm -hmm. the idea of making a mistake seems Mm -hmm. to be a pervasive part of this conversation we're having around like how to become anti-racist. And I feel like there's a lot of fear around saying the wrong thing or getting it wrong. And again and again, I think it's about reminding ourselves that like it's better to show up and show up authentically and show up in the pursuit of this like greater good Mm -hmm. and then to accept feedback and be defense, defenseless, (laughs) defenseless in the name of feedback. Like, which for me, trust me, is not easy for me, but it's about learning how to, take that and and readjust and continue on Mm -hmm. and I just think it's a good reminder like show up for yourself and others even if it's imperfect because I just I do think it's the better option than like removing yourself from the conversation because it's too scary or too Yeah. yeah yeah there's so much fear around that's such a good point that there's all this fear around messing it up. And so people don't even try. Yeah. And I think that's where the problem lies is when you're not talking about it and you're not learning and you're not getting feedback of these on these things that you might not even realize you're doing. Totally. Yeah. 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 I think that that's something we were talking about at the beginning of this is what we want this podcast to be is kind of a safe place to have these types of discussions. And obviously it's, it's scary. Like we are putting ourselves out there to be picked apart basically. Um, But yeah, just to know that like we're doing our best and you know, we'll slip up and that's okay. Yeah. I also think I'm open to being held accountable for like our actions on this podcast and, and, being held accountable for what we say here because we want to be a part of the conversation Mm -hmm. and we want to do it the right way. And by right, I just mean the like most kind and yeah. Is that curious? Compassionate. Totally. That's something that I've really been trying to keep front of mind is like everyone, we're all human beings just doing our best. (laughs) So keep that in mind and, and be willing to listen and learn and yeah be uncomfortable yeah I think um just to move us along to or sort of tie us back into when we were talking about our our little our not so favorite quote (laughs) failure is not an option (laughs) I think one thing that I really have loved is Ty Haney who is the founder of Outdoor Voices um 
was talking on a podcast once about like sort of her mantra and I think it's a quote from someone else but it's fail fast and fail often otherwise you're not pushing yourself you're not trying big things Mm -hmm. and I think that's so important I wish that had been painted on our walls because I think it is about like if you want to start a business or if you want to try something new if you want to join a conversation like try and fail fast like redirect find the right thing and just continue learning Mm -hmm. and readjusting as you learn I think is like all we can do that's literally all we can do yeah Yeah. and I think it's really important it's an important reminder to keep is like what if failing was just like a verb that we used and it didn't have so much weight you know what I mean yeah I know it's like even the nature of the word is like it has a very negative connotation where it's not like we don't say like oh I'm I learned that's not like where my head goes to first it's like I failed it's not I learned and I think always in hindsight when I look to the hardest things I've gone through it's probably when I've learned the most yeah um but yeah it's it's interesting that that is so ingrained in Mm -hmm. us (laughs) absolutely um the one other really funny thing I wanted to touch on is I feel like a lot of fear of failure comes from different roots for people but I think some of it is like fear of being embarrassed Mm -hmm. and like embarrassment is attached to shame and all of these things but I'm talking like surface level embarrassment (laughs) like just the shitty like this feeling sucks I'm embarrassed nothing crazy but just like not the feeling oh it sucks I hate that feeling (laughs) yes and I am someone who like I've always been really like I I avoid embarrassment for sure (laughs) But more than anything, I cannot handle secondhand embarrassment where so like funny. someone is doing something. And honestly, it ruins movies and TV shows for <laughs> me too because people will be like, oh, this is so funny. And I'm like, this is not funny that I feel my heart is like breaking for this person oh because God. people are like laughing at them in a way that feels like pointed. Does it make you feel sad? What it makes that? me feel sad. Okay. Like my, For them. Yeah, because okay. I just think to myself, oh, I if I was in that position, and I, I just want to make it really clear, <laughs> I do understand that these people are acting in movies, <laughs> and I I just mean like the the feeling of like that that sort of cringe, like you're on eggshells because you're like, uh, oh my god, I that feeling is really hard for me. And one funny thing about Kyla and I's friendship is Kyla does not embarrass <laughs> easily in social situations, I would say. Yeah. And so it's very funny for us to coexist in like a group setting because Kyla is just like kind of balls to the wall in like <laughs> take it or leave it <laughs> uh, mentality. Yeah. And I am just there nervous, <laughs> nervously, <laughs> which I think people will be, I, I know I have like a, a pretty like l- large personality. I'm not saying that I'm just like standing idly by, <laughs> but I am very, I feel like I'm quite calculated in, in mm-hmm. how I act in social situations because I'm trying to avoid embarrassment. Yeah. And Kyla's just like, what's up y'all? I wish I, I could do like, those calculations. No, I don't want you to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to achieve a level where I'm just like, yo, this is this is it. This is real. This is <laughs> exactly. That just then I felt embarrassed. I'm, <laughs> I'm um, actually not. I could cut it out. I'm going to leave it though. No, it's perfect. It's a statement. <laughs> 
but I just think it's an interesting thing to think about when you think about embarrassment <laughs> because we obviously all experience it to different degrees. But one thing that I thought was really interesting when we were researching this topic is that society sort of wants you to feel a certain level of mm. embarrassment when you do things that are embarrassing or it puts people on edge. So I'm the perfect case example of this because when people are doing things embarrassing, even if they don't care, I like, I'm trying to think of a good example and I Napoleon dynamite is all I can think of right now where it's like, I might be remembering this movie incorrectly, but I think he didn't care what people thought of his dance moves or something. So. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And, but I care what that he's embarrassing himself and it makes me uncomfortable that he doesn't care you know what I mean interesting so I think society it's like we do want people to sort of play between these lines of like um how willing you are to step outside of like societal norms and I think that was when we were looking into that it was to do with kind of like survival like in Mm -hmm. I don't know like evolutionary yeah in caveman days if you stepped outside of the norm and and outside of the tribal behaviors you would probably die or like be in a lot of danger so I think that was a trait that was kind of like frowned upon and that's probably I mean feelings are all instructive I think that any negative feeling is your body telling you that like this could be dangerous Mm -hmm. so I guess like shame is that I'm just making shit up now I'm not gonna say that this is my theory I think Mm -hmm. shame is probably like oh, I'm stepping outside of the norms. I could be putting myself in danger and that mm-hmm. like the tribe will kick me out, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, I think that's a valid thought. I like that theory. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like as humans, we have a big tendency to alter our behavior in front of other people. Yeah. And it's so interesting that for some people, it takes a really long time to get to see their true colors because it takes them a while to feel comfortable in all these things and... I think one thing that has really helped me is getting in the practice of doing things that feel really uncomfortable, like dancing in a room full of people or (laughs) uh, releasing a podcast or like things that, or like going to pottery class by myself. Pottery was a big one for me for some reason. I literally suck at art and I was just there. I (laughs) have this really like poignant moment. (laughs) Where I, the first time I went to pottery and I was with my friend who like had some pottery experience, mm-hmm. like whatever, it's not that serious, but mm-hmm. I remember we were learning how to wedge the clay, which is just like kneading it basically. I never got good at that. I was bad. I was yeah. doing it wrong. I was just bad yeah. at it. I, I mean, it's kind of hard. <laughs> it's pretty hard, but I remember I had to like go to the bathroom and like compose myself because I was getting angry (laughs) because you're an artist well I had all of these expectations of like I should know how to do this blah 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 (laughs) whatever that's besides the point but I was trying something new and I was bad at it and I was not okay with that fair enough (laughs) and maybe I wouldn't have tried it if I thought I would be bad at it I don't know yeah I think that it's really important to try things we're bad at because the other part that's relevant there is like it's important to try things just for the sake of trying them. Uh And so, yeah, I think we can get embarrassed about that stuff. And I think maybe making embarrassment feel just like like it has less weight as well is a good thing. Something that I've been finding interesting during um, this like quarantine time is I've kind of I mean, had the time to try a lot of new things and had the boredom level to try the things. And I was realizing that a lot of the things that I thought I didn't like doing, I actually just thought I wasn't good at. Mm -hmm. So an example is 
I started running because the gym is closed and that's somewhere that I've really found that like that routine helps a lot with my like mental health, keeping Mm -hmm. it stable. So I was like, oh God, I guess I have to start running. So I, I did it. I started like the right way. I like did a program and ended up really liking it. Mm-hmm. And I never in a million years would have mm-hmm. thought that. And then I realized the same thing with like riding bikes. And mm-hmm. we played COD the other night. And I was like, I don't like COD. No, I just thought I'd be bad at it. And yeah. It was pretty fun. Like whatever. sick at it. I thought it was pretty good. You were super good at it. Oh, cool. <laughs> I think... Um, the other funny part about that is like, obviously we're in a very privileged position to during quarantine oh, like, yeah. have extra time. And so just recognizing that. Absolutely. And I tried some things that everyone was trying that I did not <laughs> like. Like, I'm sorry, sourdough. I'm not going to do that. That's I tried. So I killed like three starters, which I'm sure is like so bad. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Well, it takes, I just feel like it was too much for me. And so it's also just kind of funny to try things because I was like, oh, is this what the kids are doing? And then I did it and I was like, meh. And that's so funny too, because I think that with the weight of trying new things as well, sometimes we think like, oh, I'm doing this now. Yeah, I have to take this up now. Yeah, but it's like, you can try it once (laughs) and hate it and not ever do it again. It doesn't need to become a tenant of your personality. No, no. (laughs) Sourdough aficionado. Yeah, (laughs) something that I love saying is that, fuck, I'm going to mess this up. (laughs) the ability to say no to doing shit that you hate is like Mm. one of the most empowering things yeah yeah so that's my own quote (laughs) no that's awesome I think the other thing that this really ties into is like you don't know how you feel about things until you try them yeah so trying things and being just aware of the decision and going like "Eh, that actually wasn't that much fun for me or like oh this is what I learned from it that's good to know or like best case scenario oh my god I loved that yeah all valid and all things that you only come to learn if you try. Yeah. I can think of so many things even right now that I, I have wanted to do my whole life and I just haven't done it because I'm too scared. Yeah. Which is like, what a stupid way to live a life. And it, <laughs> it also like, it stimulates so much creativity yeah. to try new things. You'll probably get to know new people, which is cool. Um, and also I just think overall you get to know yourself better mm-hmm. because you get to learn these little things about yourself like, For me, if you know me, you know that I really, really love to garden, (laughs) which is something that started as like a weird hobby a couple years ago. I don't actually really know why I started. I just, I think I thought it would be interesting or something. And it's truly like one of the experiences in my life where I can be doing it and I can be alone and the sun will be out and I'll be in my garden and there's no one around and I'm feeling like real joy like just pure contentment yeah. where it's like no- nothing else is contributing to this I'm not like feeding off of other people's yeah. energy it's just like me alone feeling joy yeah. and it's a hobby like I don't profit off of it I don't it's yeah. just it's me I'm not that good at it either <laughs> which is important I think for people mm-hmm. to know like I it brings me pure joy and just because I it's turned out to be something I love yeah. that I never would have known if I didn't just like try it once. I know. I feel like those are the things in my life that always tend to become the things that I love or the things that like, I don't think too much about doing it. Like I feel like despite how much work we're now putting into this, when we first started this podcast, we were just kind of like, 
do you want to do it? Okay. Yeah. Like Kels ordered a mic and away we went, you know, <laughs> like it wasn't something we thought about too much. We were just like, yeah, let's give it a go. Yeah. And I think that like, those are the things that really can become something beautiful. Cause you're taking all of that pressure off of it and just kind of like learning, admitting that you don't know it all, which is like a very freeing thing that I'm trying to adopt into my Absolutely. everyday life. Um, yeah, the freedom to admit you don't know everything. Yes. God, does that lift a weight off? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Because nobody does. It's impossible. Yeah. I think if this COVID situation has like taught us as a collective something amongst many lessons we've learned, I think one of them would be that we have much less control over what happens in the future oh than we assume we do. And I, I definitely feel that way personally. Like, as I mentioned in our intro episode, I'm an Enneagram type eight, which means like, uh, I love control <laughs> and it's okay, but it's also something I grapple with when I am losing it, where it's like, yeah. I have no idea what happens in a week or a month when yeah. it comes to like how things are going, all these things change. And I think that the beauty in that is like, you're opening up these new possibilities by relinquishing the idea that like certainty is something mm -hmm. that is actually achievable. Yeah, that exists. It's not. It's an illusion. The illusion of control. Oh my God, do it, that it really gets to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's another thing I've kind of been looking into a lot, kind of going along with, I mean, like mindfulness and, and that mm -hmm. kind of realm. But the literal only thing you can control in your life, the only thing is your actions mm -hmm. and that idea is kind of like oh I don't know like mm -hmm. I thought there was more than that but like <laughs> even just like the way you feel about something mm -hmm. which I think is I mean I know I struggle with this a lot is like I don't want to feel anxious and that kind of internal struggle against your own feelings is like what causes all of the anguish you know yeah I yeah, know. I think by accepting that we can't be certain about things, maybe that lets us understand that, okay, if we can't be certain about it, then facing uncertainty could be less scary because it's like everything is that way. And yeah. so like we might as well keep on keeping on. We're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that what it what it does in turn is like by trying these new things and sort of accepting the fear of the unknown and not letting it stop us, we ha open up these possibilities that like you might really enjoy what you try. Mm -hmm. And that to me, like as someone who's just like always in the pursuit of like fun and <laughs> mostly fun, it's going to make it deeper, but like mostly fun. Mostly just that. I think like to be in the pursuit of things that bring you joy and, and being willing to risk feeling uncertain and uncomfortable to find those things is definitely worth it. And I hope that I can continue to remember that even after this like very unique experience we're living in right now yeah. ends or if it ends <laughs> again, oy, oy. we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. No, I feel that as well. Yeah. I think another thing I wanted to touch on was around courage. And if you've read Brene Brown books, you know how she talks about courage and she always talks about how courage is a heart word. And what she means by that is like the word courage, the beginning of it, core, comes from the Latin word for heart. And it actually means like to speak with your heart mm -hmm. and like sort of to put it all out on the line. Yeah. And I think like if you're someone who values honesty 
that also ties into being genuine and authentic and true to who you are. And that takes courage. Mm -hmm. And I think like reframing courage in that way from being something that's like heroic to being just something that's like your daily actions require courage. Yeah. I think makes you feel like a little tougher. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the other thing that ties into the feeling of courage is knowing that you have to be engaged and it kind of talks about how we were, or it touches on how we were just talking about like, you can't minimize certain feelings and have it not mm. affect all of your feelings. And so I think it's really important when you try new things and I'm talking to myself as well to like be okay to be engaged in it and like to be excited about it. Yeah. And like not let that slip away because I think it's so fun. And like even right before we sat down to do this, we kind of just did a debrief on like, let's remind ourselves because we were getting like super caught up in what to say and how to say it and like editing and all these things that are complicated and important and also like trying to get back to the root of why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And like it is to be somewhere where you can go that feels joyful and also feels like, Uh, oh maybe I feel that way or like maybe that helps my feelings feel validated or maybe I'm not alone in how I feel about this and I think like to me that is really really exciting Mm -hmm. and I don't want to downplay it just to like like try and not be afraid of other people's reactions to it I think our instinct going into this was to act like we weren't nervous or at least that was mine (laughs) um and that just doesn't feel like I don't know living in my integrity because it's like a huge part of who I am I'm an Enneagram type six and a huge part of that is fear yeah (laughs) which is like it's so much a part of who I am and why would I hide that to avoid making other people uncomfortable yeah like I don't know I'm trying (laughs) yeah if you numb the dark you also numb the light yeah I think Yeah. yeah I think another reason just because you brought up your Enneagram as well um, Enneagram type sixes are um, a type that is definitely concerned about security Ugh. and also Enneagrams have um, stacks within them and if you're a self-preservation it would also tie into you feeling some definite real feelings around wanting to maintain a sense of security. Oh my god and trying something new is so far outside of that it's yeah it's yeah. very outside of my nature. Absolutely well because it's it's based on loss aversion like you're trying yeah. to avoid putting it all out there and, and experiencing loss because it feels unsafe yeah. and I think like if we can do anything for our friends or our loved ones or I don't know if you're an educator or like any of these roles that we play the more we can try to make it safe for people to fail in our midst I feel like the more we can support each other because I've I have to remind myself of that all the time like stop being a critic like just just celebrate and support and like don't always try to be right about Mm -hmm. things like if you can predict that someone's I don't know venture or idea or relationship might not work out and you think it's more important to be right than to just be along for the ride? Like, who is that serving? Yeah. Like, if they're not in danger, then yeah. what's the harm in just, like, being a cheerleader? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I just don't think saying, hey, actually, I'm not sure this is going to work I think out. you're going to suck at that. Yeah. <laughs> so that in six months, if it doesn't, you can then go, like, what? Eh, told you so. Like, I just don't think it's going to feel as good as you think it might. Yeah. 
And I have to have that conversation with myself all the time because I definitely feel like I'm someone who can, I think I'm a little bit like I can sort of, I do like an analysis of like (laughs) cost benefit analysis of most (laughs) things. And that is an asset in some realms of my life. And it also can make me a shitty friend at times because Mm. it's like, maybe they didn't, maybe they just want you to be like, Hey, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm super happy for you. And just like, I, I didn't ask you for your opinion on the success rate of this relationship or whatever it is. That's so true. Yeah. That's been a big learning for me. It's just like, is it adding value to share that piece of insight? Yeah. If someone's (laughs) not asking for feedback, like maybe just. And what do you lose? I see that Instagram thing circulate all the time. That's like how to, how to support a small business. And I think this can apply to like so many other things in small business without spending a dollar. And it's like, it's like liking things, resharing things, talking about it to other people, sharing like all these things that it's like, does it actually take away from you to be a cheerleader for your people? I I don't think it should yeah. take that much out of us as humans. That's so interesting because there's even there like a bit of fear in like showing that you support something that might fail. Like it's like a double fear of failure. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah which is so interesting. Aye, aye. I think that really ties into also something that we talked about and I love talking about this, which is, I think it's really important to note that we're super quick to hitch our self-worth to something we've produced or created. And the second we do that, where we like inextricably connect who I am and my value as a person to something that I have put out into the world, you're going to be way less likely to share it Mm -hmm. and to, to celebrate it and to experience it because you're making it into something it doesn't need to be. And I think it's really important and something I've learned from reading like Daring Greatly, which is a great book by Brene Brown is like, if you just strip it away, like if this is just, just to bring it back to us to give ourselves (laughs) some advice, like if this is just a podcast that we have fun making and enjoy and laugh about and we get to spend quality time with each other and I think we'll also learn a ton that could be it. It. it doesn't need to Seems be like, like a pretty good yeah. benefit to me. It doesn't need to be like, here is my soul world. Yeah. Please <laughs> tell me, me how you feel about it. I'll take your feedback into account. <laughs> I will never stop thinking about your criticism of my soul. <laughs> yeah, fair. I think the beauty also of stripping it away, it just removes so much risk because it doesn't need to be so so attached to like our self-worth yeah. um, and also a really big lesson from that book if you haven't read it is um, it's a quote by I think Teddy Roosevelt which I'm pretty sure the first time we recorded this I talked about it I said it was by Winston Churchill so some old white guy um, but it's the reason why it's called Daring Greatly is it's from a quote and I encourage you to look it up because it is a, a, an interesting quote but it's about how like it's not the critic who counts because the critic is in the audience watching you. They're not in the arena. So the credit belongs to the person in the arena who like at the worst knows great failure and at their best knows like the triumph of succeeding. And just, it's so interesting. And I do this all the time. Like I'm so quick to think about the worst criticism or criticize myself and 
the thing is, is if we care about what the people think who are like on the sidelines, who aren't actually trying and putting themselves out there, like, how is that fair? Like, if we're not all doing it and like trying things. Let's see what you're doing, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) If you're not like making it like feeling kind of goofy out there doing it, I just think, why should I have to listen to your critique? Because you're not at the same level of risk that I'm currently at. Yeah. That reminds me of um, two things. The first one is a quote from my brother-in-law put on a presentation. He's a very talented artist. And I can't remember who this quote is originally by, but it was don't accept criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. So valid. Love that. I think there's also a Kanye quote about, (laughs) (laughs) but he says it like much better. Much cooler. cooler. (laughs) Um, The other thing was, Something I said to my friend when I first sent her the intro episode, like before we had launched it, was um, basically I've already thought of all the worst things that people could say. So like, I'm good to go. Like I, to myself, was so critical, (laughs) like projecting all of my feelings about Mm -hmm. myself onto everybody else. And Mm -hmm. that I felt like I was like, okay, I just have to go through all of the like worst possible situations and then I'll be good. It's so sad. It's so sad and it's so silly. Yeah. I think it's just because like, it's always emotional exposure to put yourself out there. I think one thing that a lot of people can probably relate to is if you've ever like dated or or tried to. No. Can't relate. (laughs) I think that that is like such, such a clear time where you're just like putting your heart out there. Trying a lot of new things. Yeah. Like again and again, as you experiment and and find people you like and all these things. And when I was um, dating a couple years back, I was going to see a naturopath and (laughs) I feel like you're cringing like I'm about to say something. No, I thought you might tell the story about how you pretended you didn't know how to ride a bike. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I've done lots of things. No one should take dating advice from me because I, I pretend to be an entirely different person when I'm getting to know a boy. Like I just am, I am pretending to be someone else. Can you, okay. Just sidebar. Can I tell it like short form? Yeah, so basically she was dating someone and she didn't want to ride a bike in front of them because she thought she might like not be good at it. So she just pretended she didn't know how to ride a bike. I mean, worst case scenario, I would have I would have fallen. Sure. Which is embarrassing, but whatever. (laughs) But in the meantime, she was like commuting to work on her bike. And I just think that's so funny. (laughs) 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 Anyways, okay. You were saying. I am. (laughs) You were saying you were seeing a naturopath. I think what's important, what that's an important point is like, I really wanted to be abundantly clear that we're not experts on these things. The things that I'm sharing, I am trying to practice (laughs) in my own life and I'm not that good at it. So (laughs) what I was saying is that when I was going through the motions of like, I don't know, looking for a uh, partner, (laughs) I was (laughs) also going to see like a naturopathic healer who I absolutely love. And she would talk to me about like my dating life and all these things and I'm not sure where this comes from because I think I pretend to be a super chill gal, oh but <laughs> I feel like it's really hard for me to go into a date and not immediately go like, where is this going? And <laughs> I wonder if we're compatible in the long run. And that is I your wonder, last name sound. Yeah. <laughs> or Kelsey mine on you. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, her point to me was always just like relinquish your expectations. What if you just went for the sake of getting to know another human? Hell yeah. Like, what if you let go of every dang thing, like every expectation, every thought about it, other than just like 
what if I sit down with this person and I talk to them and I enjoy it and I meet someone new? Can you imagine? What a concept. (laughs) I can definitely share that I don't think I ever achieved that (laughs) because I am just such a nervous gal. And I just, maybe I like am too caught up in where it will go. I don't know. But I did try and remind myself of it a lot to just like, just be in it now and be like, uh, just temperature checks. Like, is this fun? Yes. Okay. Is it not? No. And like, yeah. does do I need to be planning our like honeymoon in the first date? Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> but I just think like for those who are out there listening, who are dating, Ooh. I think for me, that was a helpful piece of advice because I am a lover of humans and like love to meet people and, and get to know them. And I love the idea that like that could be the whole point. Yeah. And so I that was just something that I drew on a lot, even if maybe in practice I, <laughs> I didn't quite succeed at it. One might even say I failed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think like anytime you're putting yourself out there like that, it's emotional exposure. So there's obviously like things to take into consideration whenever you're doing it. But I think trying things and meeting new people can be like such a good way to get to know yourself better. The more people you meet, I feel like the more you'll get clear on like who you want to surround yourself with, oh, whether yeah. it's friends or, or a partner or whatever it is. I think trial and error is a, a pretty good way to figure that out. The other thing that ties into dating, but also trying new things that I think is a cool reminder is like experimentation in trying new things is an act of humility because you're acknowledging that you don't know everything, which Mm -hmm. is kind of what you were just Mm -hmm. saying. Like it's having the humility to go like, I'm going to try new things because I haven't mastered life yet. Like I haven't figured it all out (laughs) yet. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like a practice of like getting uncomfortable and feeling it and and continuing on, I Mm -hmm. think. Mm Mm-hmm. What was your experience like dating? Did you ever? I didn't really date much. Like I'm, I guess you would call it like a serial monogamous. Like I was, I've never really been single for yeah. any long period of time. Which, yeah. Do you feel like you were very like like are you authentically you on a first date? I don't think so. Yeah, interesting. I don't think so, and I feel like we've talked about this. Is like I feel like I kind of play a character and then it makes trying new things a little less scary because it's not really me I wonder if that's like an alter ego yeah it might be is that allowed I think maybe Uh, if she gives you confidence (laughs) I know it's that's something I've always found though is like the more I get to know people sometimes the like more scared I am of like being vulnerable because or like trying new things I don't know what it is because I'm like if if they know I'm scared or something and then like I'm acting outside of that character mm-hmm. I don't know why yeah I mean for me I feel like something I've always been super envious of is like vulnerability doesn't come easy to me I think that this podcast will be a good practice for me to get into where it feels very like <sighs> vulnerable to share feelings but I'm also sitting across the table from Kyla so it also feels like weirdly safe yeah. it's kind of like a weird vibe um and I'm excited about that and one thing I'm always so so envious of is when people can sort of practice like reckless vulnerability and I think what that looks like is like showing up as you authentically you 
kind of no matter what the situation because for me that's really really hard and so when I see other people demonstrate it and even sometimes when it causes me secondhand embarrassment I'm also in awe because I'm like you're just you're out there and you're being you and it's you're being true to you and I think that's like a really beautiful respectable thing because I think it comes from a place of like loving yourself yes where you feel comfortable to just be like what's up world yeah that's so true that's actually something that like I feel like since leaving our hometown which I did like basically as soon as I could I have (laughs) become yeah I I feel like I have become way more myself like Mm. what feels like authentically me because I didn't have so much fear of being judged yeah because one it's like there everyone was new and it didn't really matter or like whatever the case but I met new people and tried new things and like at this point in my life at 25 I feel like I have a pretty good handle on like what I like and don't like mm-hmm. and what type of people I want to be around and, and those things. But I I just also know that like there's so, so much further to go mm-hmm. in this. And like, I know that I'm only going to find the truest version of myself by like trying as many mm-hmm. things as I possibly can, which is again, so far outside of my nature. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that might kind of be like, if you grow up in a town and you know, everyone you sort of become like you have an identity Mm -hmm. and so then if you're like get into an age where like you want to start challenging that identity it can be hard because if there's people around you going like what are you doing like I've known you since you were this age and this isn't you yeah it can be really tough and I think that's like an age where it's really nice if you have the opportunity to like explore different versions of yourself because yes just because you were someone in high school or growing up that doesn't necessarily mean that person is an authentic version of you oh man I often think maybe it's like quite far away from the authentic version of you that kind of brings up two things for me the first being um I do find when I go back home I I feel off (laughs) in a lot of ways and I could dig into that someday but I think a lot of it is that I feel like there is an expectation of who I am there in a in a way like people who I knew back then and and don't really know now only know me as who I was then yeah and as of I think a very different person Mm -hmm. from who I am today (laughs) thank god um but yeah that that's kind of something I struggle with when I go back home and just to chime in I don't I don't know that I feel that way but I also think maybe when I go home I adapt a little yeah to my environment I think you do too <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> which is fine but it's like it's interesting right yeah I enjoy adapting but it might be a little bit extreme yeah yeah what was your second thought that's a good question that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay okay I forgot what I was gonna say <laughs> yeah um yeah, I think that those are like super normal feelings to feel growing up. And like, I think if this podcast is representative of anything, I think it's Kyla and I attempting to reconcile like what we've learned and what we're still learning in the spirit of growth. Yeah. And so that 
comes with many identity crises, I think. And that's if you heard me in the intro episode say crisis, I think that's really what I meant. I didn't mean to like, it's, it's probably sounds more extreme than it is. I think what I mean is we, you struggle a lot if you move to different places and, and learn and grow up, you can start to really question like who you are and what you want and what your future looks like, because maybe you thought one thing your whole life and then you exit that thought and you're like, holy shit, I'm not sure if what everyone else wants is what I want and vice versa. Holy, I really went through an identity crisis last year. I won't get into (laughs) details, but it was so much of like, for the first time, I realized that a lot of beliefs that I held so strongly weren't actually mine. And that was a ride. (laughs) Tyler is a really good uh, champion of like your shoulds. And Ah. so I think that ties into that where so often I'll mention something to Kyla and she'll kind of be like, do you feel like you should do that? And like maybe try to get to the root of that should. Yeah. Yeah. So if like relating that to trying new things, if it's like, oh, I should know everything. Yeah. Okay. Whose voice is that? Where's that coming from? Yeah. Or like, I should be good at this. Yeah. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe I I shouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm meant to be bad. Um, Yeah. I think that the one last thing um, I thought was interesting when we were talking about trying new things is sort of this like idea of what it means to be cool, which I think we'll touch on maybe in a full podcast. A full ep. Yeah. Um, and sort of like in my experience, something that I've noticed that is that it's often cool to be like apathetic and nonchalant, like to not yeah. really give a shit about anything. And so I think that leads to sometimes teasing people who get overly excited about things or like, and especially their own things. Like, for example, if it was like you were really excited about some venture you were starting, I think sometimes the cool thing is to like not really care. (laughs) And I just think those things are like sort of tied together because not only are you putting yourself out there then, but if you're excited about it, it's kind of like a double whammy of like, then you're really putting yourself out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That totally ties back to the like, if you don't want to feel the icky feelings, like you don't get to celebrate the good feelings. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm sure we'll dive into that more, but I just thought that was related because it's important to be excited about stuff because that's that's just part of life. Yeah. <laughs> and so I hope that it's like something I can continue to remind myself as we do this, like it'll get really nerve-wracking at times and it's also exciting. Yeah. I think um the one last thing I would say is that one thing we talked about when we were talking about all of this And it comes into like trying to figure out what to try, maybe like how to decide what to try. And we were talking about how sort of the difference between jealous and envy. And so like I feel like sometimes I get these ugly feelings of jealousy about people who are trying things. And it's often if I check myself, it's like, oh, I'm actually jealous because they are doing something I want to do. And they did it first because they got up the courage to do it. And I'm still sitting on my butt. And so I get like these gross feelings of jealousy where like somehow they've taken the spot that I was hoping. <laughs> that was my spot. Yeah. And it's so gross. And I have to just be like, that is, first of all, irrational yeah. because like this is not a thing. And also like, that's on you. Like if if I'm feeling jealous about that because I haven't gotten the courage to do it, yeah. then get the courage to do it, you know? I love what you were saying about their 
like it, that person took up your spot because it's so something that we we make up like there's just there's always yeah. room there's so many people in the world there's so much room for whatever you want to do and yeah. for there'll be people who celebrate that there's going to be people who don't like it that's fine too but I think the big thing that I try to remind myself and I think that a lot of women probably feel this way too is like don't be afraid to take up space yeah like you can try something you can do it out in the open and that's okay and you're not taking yeah. away from anything anyone else is doing and they're not taking away from you like let's just uh celebrate each other <laughs> yeah we live in like a little bit of a scarcity mentality when it comes to totally. those those imaginary spots and so definitely something to I always have to keep in check for sure and I think for me the difference between jealousy and envy is envy is something I pay a lot of attention to because for me something that a life coach that I had worked with a couple years ago told me was it's important to find people you're envious of and figure out what it is you're envious of and then try to get that because what what they meant by that is that the people who you're envious of have things that you want and so whether that's like they have a a business or a partner or a uh hobby or or whatever it is that you are are envious of it's because you're pining after that One thing she thought would be really valuable for me was to find a couple people who had things I was envious of and try to make them my mentors. And whether that be someone you know personally where you could actually like do that or like just you could have mentors that you read their books or you listen to them, whatever it is. I think the beautiful thing about that is like you get to learn by osmosis through someone who has something you're looking to have. Yeah. And I think that for me is really important because I I get those feelings and being able to go like, oh, what is it that this person has that I find so interesting? That's a good way to figure out what to try. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like even for you, if it it, or for anyone, if it was like a sport or an activity and you're just like, I think it's really cool when people do that. I'm kind of jealous or whatever. It's like, okay, are you envious that they're doing it? Like maybe do it. Go try. (laughs) Maybe that's something to try. Yeah. For me, some big takeaways are just like continuing to try and err Mm -hmm. and being open to new ideas and learning and readjusting and also trying to just like feel pure excitement about things that I'm excited about and not try to play that down for like someone else's sake or my own sake in the future or something. I just want to be sort of like eyes wide open and engaged in things. And I think for me, that will look like making mistakes and I think that will be uncomfortable, but I hope that that's something I continue to do and, and even amplify how I'm doing it. Yeah. I think that, yeah, for me as well as like lean into the discomfort because that's where you'll find growth and bad feelings and good feelings together is what makes a really full life <laughs> this, this episode brought to you by so many quotes by we misquoted <laughs> yeah um, okay well bye bye okay we're back to check some facts <laughs> yeah we'll go with that <laughs> Um, we are, and who knew we would need to do this, but it feels like it's the right idea. Apparently it's my fault. 
I mean, you did say a lot of quotes with little to no sources and a lot of incorrectly phrased. But a lot of confidence. So much. It's all because of that sad fish that now we have this segment. (laughs) But also, we obviously are using the same idea as what Armchair Expert does. And that's because it's a great podcast and it's smart to have a fact check and we wish other podcasts would do it too. (laughs) Yeah, because opinions ain't facts, y'all. They sure ain't. And Kyla, Kyla's quotes ain't facts either. (laughs) (laughs) They're new quotes. I did some some research and I'm going to do a little fact check. And I told cool. Kyla she couldn't read my fact check before entering this. So here we yeah, are. Yeah, I'm excited. So um, the, first, <laughs> the first quote by Kyla <laughs> is she mentions something about diving headfirst into <laughs> sharks. <laughs> uh, pool of sharks is super unclear. Um, there is a saying that is swim with sharks, which yeah. means to operate with dangerous people, which I'm... Yeah. I feel like she that's what she was going for. That's what I meant. That's okay, what I meant. We'll go with that. So that's the first quote that we didn't quite master. <laughs> and then there was the sad fish quote. And we we truly, we truly ruined it. Um but Kyla was right. It is an Einstein quote, which I didn't oh, know. Yeah. The proper quote is. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. That was pretty close. (laughs) It will also feel sad. So we almost got that one. Now we know. Um, Another quote Kyla used. um, Perfect is the enemy of good. Uh, People have probably heard that. It's It's by Voltaire. And if you care, Voltaire was the pen name of like a French author or philosopher from the 18th century. I love so, that. Now I you definitely know. knew that. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, there was another quote that was accept reality on reality's terms, which I couldn't find a source for this. So yeah. Kyla likely made it up. We can maybe. Kay. I heard that. In a podcast, I don't oh. remember which one. I'm oh sorry goodness. if I stole your quote, but I'm going <laughs> to say yours, that though. I made it up. <laughs> it's my it quote. belongs to you. Um, another quote by Kyla was, what if it doesn't work out and what if it does? That was her version of it. <laughs> the actual quote <laughs> is, it is a risk to love. What if it doesn't work out? Ah, but what if it does? <laughs> Oh, is the actual like quote. Pinterest quote? No, Peter McWilliams is the author. He was an American author. Okay. Yeah. Um, I bring up Napoleon Dynamite, which is super strange because <laughs> I haven't thought about that movie in a decade. And I also feel like I barely know what it's about, which shows in the episode. <laughs> I think that I say that he wasn't embarrassed of his dance moves or something like that I'm not exactly sure what my point was I tried to figure out what the moral of the story of Napoleon's Dynamite is (laughs) and there was not much out there in the way of explaining that um the only morals I could come up with were from like reddit What's what's it called? Like a Reddit stream? What are you? Oh no! What's the <laughs> grouping called? I don't 
like a subreddit? I don't even know what you're referring to. I don't know, just like a chain of, of opinions. A thread. Oh, a thread. Okay, not a stream. Okay. Oh my god, um, fact check that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, none of them that I ever found had anything to do with his dancing. So I think I was just not. I just missed the mark on that movie. All right, that's fine. So one thing that Kyla also makes a pretty a, a big claim, one might say, about evolution in our <laughs> first episode. I it was a theory. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it felt, though, like you were pretty sure about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was something along the lines of if cavemen stepped outside of norms, they would die. Or like that was sure. the gist of it. I think it's a little more nuanced, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there are studies on this about like where embarrassment comes from and like why evolutionarily we still experience it. And so apparently there was work done by someone named Irving Goffman, who was a sociologist and he argued that embarrassment was a way of signaling someone's concern about social norms and a commitment to following them. So essentially, your embarrassment would tell the world, this isn't something that I would normally do, and I won't do it again if I have any choice in the matter. And so the research that he did suggested that embarrassment was a kind of display to help restore fluid social interaction when it goes off the tracks. So it's sort of like a nonverbal oh. way of saying sorry. Okay. And it also, people who responded in that way, like people who respond with embarrassment after stepping outside of, of social norms, were deemed like more willing to develop long-term bonds. So it was like a signal to others that they cared enough to care that they had stepped outside the lines. And that was huh. like a good signal that they would be a good partner, I would assume. And then embarrassment like shame and guilt is an emotion triggered by the feeling of violating a social cord social code and it's a way of signaling that that code is important to us and they did tests later on based on this person's work that um they like people would tell stories that were embarrassing and then people would sort of like rate how trustworthy and gen and generous these people seemed based on how embarrassed they were. And apparently the more embarrassment people displayed, the more people thought they were trustworthy. Oh, that's so interesting. People, apparently people seem kind of sketchy if they don't, you know, feel embarrassed when they do something. Does that mean I'm sketchy? <laughs> no. That's not, that's not what I was insinuating. <laughs> but that is what that is what the research seems to show. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to take into consideration. Okay. Sure will. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're great. Um, there was another quote Kyla said, and I think she did state that it was her own quote, but it was something along the lines of like the ability to say no to things you hate is empowering. Yeah. And she did oh, yeah. quote herself there. And, and I couldn't find it elsewhere. So one might think she's the first one to to put those Honestly, words together. I think that might be from a show <laughs> oh I watched one time, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> so we'll just say it's mine. <laughs> um, I think in this episode, I touch on courage and about how Brene Brown calls it a heart word. And core is the Latin word for heart. And so I think I sort of said something along these lines, but the word courage in its earliest forms meant to speak one's mind by telling one's 
by telling all one's heart. The daring greatly quote that I quoted (laughs) about the critic is from, uh, it's like a Teddy Roosevelt speech, but it's also like the first chapter or first couple pages in the Daring Greatly book by Brene Brown. Um, (laughs) It's actually embarrassing how many people we quoted in this, but (laughs) there was a quote that was like, don't accept criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Yeah. the internet like seems to be arguing that Morgan Freeman said that, but it like <laughs> it seemed contentious. Like there was some okay. disagreement on it. And then I said that I thought there was a Kanye quote where he said something similar <laughs> to this. <laughs> and I did find what I was talking about, but okay. it's not quite the same. So in the Kanye West song, No Mistakes, the quote is, or the lyrics are, I don't take advice from people less successful than me. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> I understand is not really the same, but I mean, <laughs> is what I was thinking of. Get it? <laughs> when I said that, and so th- those were the facts that I found, and. Some key takeaways, I think, for next time are um, maybe go easy on the quotes. No. (laughs) No, continue them. Um, But also we'll include, I like sourced a bunch of this very mediocre research that I'll (laughs) share with Kyla to put on the website as well. Nice. Cool. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)